Hey everyone, and welcome back to Pucks and Pages. My name is Steven, that is my lovely wife, as always, Liberty. We're a married couple with different hobbies, and we try to bring each other into our interest by discussing the latest news in both books and sports. Uh, this episode is the sports episode. I feel like we just did one of these. Uh, last week, yes. Too soon. Yeah. But getting straight into the news in the NHL... I have one thing of player health before I get into the playoffs. Okay. Alexander Ovechkin won't join Russia for the remainder of the 2021 IIHF World Championship in Riga, Latvia because of an injury. The Capitals forward missed seven games during an eight-game stretch from April 24th to May 8th because of a lower body injury. He ended up returning to play for the playoffs, and then they got Bounced, yeah. Because it wouldn't be the first round if the Capitals weren't eliminated. Well, I mean, they did win the Cup right after us, so that's not necessarily true. But, like, in recent history, it's pretty much been true. Like, Is 2018 not recent history? Well, no, I'm saying, though, like, if you count beyond the one year, that is, like, their track record. They're notorious for either winning the President's Trophy and being knocked out in the first round or getting there and then losing in the first round. Right. So... Well, most teams have completed the first round. Yep. Except for the North, because that is going all the way out to Game 7 in the first round. It was bad enough that it started late as it was. And then they're just still going. Yeah. I mean, Winnipeg did their part to try to catch up. They did. They did everything they could. (laughs) By sweeping the Oilers 4-0 in the first round. Yeah. But currently, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens are tied 3-3 in their series. The Vegas Golden Knights have beaten out the Wild 4-3 in their series. Colorado swept the St. Louis Blues in their series. So it will be a Vegas-Colorado matchup in round two. Which I'm actually really, really looking forward to. I will say... I want Vegas to win because I want them to win overall, but if it can't be them, I'd be fine with Colorado winning the whole thing. So what you're saying is you're okay with either outcome? Yeah. Okay. And then in the Florida matchup that we had, the Tampa Bay Lightning beat out the Florida Panthers 4-2, and Carolina beat out Nashville 4-2 as well, and they will be meeting up Tampa Bay and Carolina in round two. Boston beat out the Capitals for one in their series, so they will be playing the New York Islanders, who beat out my team, and we're not going to discuss that. Uh, the good news is, if you don't want to talk about the Islanders beating your team, is the Bruins did beat the Islanders last night, so they are leading the second round by one game to nil. I really don't know who I would want to win out of that, because the Islanders just beat us, but also I always hate Boston. So I... I'm going to side with the Islanders, and I'm going to be short and sweet as to the reasons. Barry Trotz. I've always respected him as a coach, and I know he used to coach the enemy, the Caps, but I think it would be bittersweet for them to have fired him the year after he won the Stanley Cup, and then he got them to the finals, well, the like conference finals last year, and then if he was able to completely win the Stanley Cup only two years later, it would be pretty bittersweet. Yeah, I will say, though, out of what is normally the East, I would want Carolina to get to the Stanley Cup final. You want the bunch of jerks to win? I mean, if you don't side with a bunch of jerks, I don't know who you're rooting for. (laughs) But it looks like round one will officially wrap up 
tomorrow as of when we're recording or yesterday as of when the podcast comes out. So we will officially be on to round two and several games will have already been played. Yeah. The NHL has come out with a schedule, though, for revealing the finalist for the 2021 NHL Awards beginning on Tuesday, June 1st. The day the podcast is coming out, they'll announce the Vesna Trophy, which is the trophy for top goaltender. And then one a day after that, and the awards are the Ted Lindsay Award, the Calder Memorial Trophy, King Clancy Memorial Trophy, Lady Bing Memorial Trophy, the Frank J. Selke Trophy, Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award, Bill Masterson Memorial Trophy, the James Norris Memorial Trophy, the Hart Memorial Trophy, and the Jack Adams Award. Yeah. So next week we'll be talking about a lot of awards is what it sounds like. At least a good And the week them. after. Yeah. yeah. I did write down what all of the awards were for in case you're like, well, do you know what they're for? Yeah, I have it in my notes. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Yeah. But we also had people behaving badly because here are some fines. I didn't write any of those down. It's the playoffs. Let them play. See, I can agree with that to a degree. Yeah. Like, they're going to fight. Let it happen. They're going to have harder hits. Let it happen. Yeah. But if you do something specifically against the rules and it's bad enough to warrant a fine, give them a fine. Got it. But the Montreal Canadiens defenseman Shea Weber has been fined $5,000, which is the league minimum maximum allowable under the CBA. Mm. For cross-checking Toronto Maple Leafs forward Wayne Simmons during Game 2 of the first round series in Toronto on Saturday, May 22nd. You also had Edmonton Oilers forward Josh Archibald, who has been suspended for one game for clipping Winnipeg Jets defenseman Logan Stanley during Game 3 of the first round series in Winnipeg on Sunday, May 23rd. He ended up missing Game 4 of that series. That's the one he was out for. I was going to say, you know Archibald. He used to be a Penguin. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning forward Pat Maroon has been fined $3,879.31, which is the maximum allowable under the current CBA. I don't know why you need to say that every <laughs> single time. For unsportsmanlike conduct during Game 5 of the first round series in Sunrise, Florida on Monday, May 24th, Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman Ryan McDonough, is that how you say his name? It is. Okay, good. Has been fined $5,000, insert words here, for cross-checking Florida Panthers <laughs> forward Mason Marshment during Game 5 of the first round series in Sunrise, Florida on Monday, May 24th. You didn't like me saying it, so I didn't. <laughs> but the way you said it was worse. So much worse. <laughs> and I think in the last section of people behaving badly, you had Nazim Kadri, who had a Zoom hearing with the NHL commissioner, Gary Bettman, on Thursday to appeal the eight-game suspension he was given by the NHL Department of Player Safety on May 21st. Yeah. There is no timetable for a decision from Commissioner Bettman, I'm guessing it's within the eight-game window, but it says no timetable is required. Kadri was disciplined for an illegal check to the head of St. Louis Blues defenseman Justin Falk in Game 2 of the Stanley Cup first round at Ball Arena in Denver on May 19th. Yeah, I'm assuming that's named after a person and not a ball that people use for sports. You're probably right. Also, something that I thought was weird when I was looking up NHL news is that Wayne Gretzky has resigned 
from his role as a partner and vice chairman with the Edmonton Oilers on Tuesday, May 25th, in order to move to an analyst role on TV. Yes, it's all about that money. On Wednesday, Turner Sports announced Gretzky has signed a multi-year agreement to serve as a studio analyst for the network. He will provide analysis at key points of the regular season and throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Also, it doesn't help what just happened with the Edmonton Oilers. I would want to step away from them as well. It had nothing to do with that. I know. It was in the works before the playoffs even began. But it just looks a little weird when the day after they're kicked out of the playoffs, it's like, and I'm moving on, goodbye. He was probably contractually obligated to the end of the season. Probably. Since the season ended, it's like, I can announce my new job. Right. Because like we talked about it, I want to say, over a month ago, that he was being considered for the position that he accepted. So it's like, you know... Shouldn't be any eye-opening breaking news, I guess. At least not from my perspective. Because who wouldn't want the great one to be your commentator? I mean, I kind of feel weird when people who used to play the sports are now analysts for the sport. Like, I'm not a fan of Sharp being one of the people. Quit giving me that look. I think it just feels like they're trying to grab more money when they've been paid millions of dollars. Well, I will tell you that if that were the case, you'd have one person commenting on the sport pretty much because most commentators for the sport are ex-players or ex-staffers within organizations. So It just feels weird when it's someone who used to play the sport and got paid a crap ton of money. Like, I could live off of what you earned in your 10 seasons in the sport, so like, quit being bad with money. I don't know. Maybe they're not bad with money and they just want their kids to have more money when they pass away or take care of their family's generational wealth, I guess, is the what I'm trying to argue. Because you got to understand a lot of hockey players don't come from wealth by some standards, like until they're making money as professionals. I mean, I would argue that hockey is probably one of the most expensive sports to play and get into, so I don't know if I can fully agree with what you're saying, but that's neither here nor there. But staying on the subject of Wayne Gretzky, uh, his rookie card set a new record for hockey-priced cards at auction. His rookie card sold for $3.75 million at an auction house here in Dallas, which was oh, kind of nice. weird. So $3.75 mil. The previous record was held by him, and I think it was like $1.48 million or something. So, That's a big jump. Yeah, pretty pretty healthy jump. But in the NFL, we are still in the offseason, and most of what I read was about so-and-so doesn't want to do OTAs, or so-and-so is doing OTAs. And as we know, OTA stands for off-training assignments. Off-season. <laughs> training assignments. Sure. And so it's just extra practice that they either will or won't be doing. So that's not really news. It's that this time of year that it's always like that. Like, who's going to show up to off-season training camp style sessions? And it's like, it's not required by their contract a lot of the time. So yeah. it's like, there it would be more just for building that team bond with the players, I guess. Like, it gives you a little more time to be like, I know that this receiver is now going to be right here in this route because we ran it a thousand times during OTAs. You know, it's more of a timing thing. It I builds, feel like, like that's what camps are for. Yeah, but people use OTAs as an extended camp. Mm. So, but 
despite nothing really happening right now, I do have a player health thing, which is that Bradley Chubb, poor man, that name, he underwent surgery to remove a bone spur from his ankle recently. Apparently, this is considered a common procedure in the sport, according to the article I read. And it will result in Chubb wearing a boot for a couple of weeks, which means he'll probably miss OTAs. And he's expected to be, quote, fully ready for training camp in two months. Yeah. Uh, also, we had 49ers running back Jeff Wilson. It came back that he's expected to miss four to six months of team activities after he recently had a meniscus surgery. So fun. That, that's fun. Uh, this will have him missing portions of the beginning of the season, obviously, because that's how long six months is. Math is fun. Yeah. But the big news that I saw happened this past week, and it was that the NFL and the NFL Players Association have agreed to a $208.2 million salary cap ceiling for the 2022 season. So not the upcoming season, but the season after that, it's going to jump up to that. The ceiling for the 2022 season, season is nearly $30 million more than the $182.5 million cap set for the 2021 season. That's good. And a lot of the articles I was reading about this were speculating about it being because pretty much the U.S. is going to be mostly vaccinated by this point, and so they're going to be able to recoup some of the losses that they've had over the past season and a half or whatever. Yeah, I don't think that'll be too big of an issue considering the NFL also approved like 30 of the 32 teams' plans for 100% capacity this season. Yes. So the only thing that would slow those processes down at this point would be like state or local government standards. So I don't know if this is just because I'm in Texas, but I really don't think that's going to be a problem because like when your mom was here, we kept going out to do stuff with her because that's what her vacation was about. And everything seemed to be open and at full capacity, and some people wore masks and a lot of people didn't. Well, yeah, because the mandate had gone away like two weeks before that, so here in Texas. So it's one of those things where, like, there are certain organizations that are still required, like the MLB, where they can only do so much. I think it's like 60% now capacity, and some stadiums still aren't doing that, but... The NFL was one of the first sports to do those almost near full capacity games. I think the truly first one was here in Arlington um, with the Rangers for opening day. And then they went back to like 20% and then they've been going up since. But yeah, I don't really see the problem with it. Like obviously here in the States, we're we're well ahead of the rest of the world with vaccinations because we've been hoarding them all. Um, I was going to say, we're very greedy here. Yeah, but... We're starting to finally give out, like, the surplus of vaccines to other countries. So hopefully we'll be able to get local fans into stadiums as well as maybe international fans soon. It'd be kind of nice. I still don't think it's time to go to full capacity in any sport. But also, I had COVID. I really cannot get a variant of COVID because it will be very bad for my health. So, like, the other night, one of my friends came into town. We went to dinner with them. I was literally the only person who wore a mask walking through the restaurant. And I'm, like, 
having an internal like freak out because like I don't want to be that weirdo but at the same time my health needs me to be that weirdo so it's like guess I'm just here yeah I I wore my mask next to you in and out of the restaurant but once we got outside I opened took it off because it's just like we're gonna be out of this 10 square foot like space in seconds so but yeah I just I think I'm always now gonna have have that weird like thing about like not liking crowds and not liking people not wearing masks or at least for the next few months I'm gonna feel this way so I'm probably not the person to consult about whether they should open stadiums up or not yeah I I will do my best to try to open you to to less and less being afraid but I know that it's not something I should rush either so um, but the only two teams that haven't gotten approval for their plan, though, since we went on that tangent, yeah, um, would be the Denver Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts. So okay, uh, they both their plans were declined. I'm not really sure the reasons. They didn't really enlighten me in the article, but they are the only two teams that haven't gotten final approval. So the Buccaneers have officially re-signed wide receivers. Is that what WR stands for? Yep, Antonio Brown to a one-year deal. The deal is worth up to $6.25 million with $3.1 million fully guaranteed and a $2 million signing bonus. Brown underwent successful knee surgery last week, which is expected to keep him out for a few weeks. Good old helmet guy. And like this was one that they had been talking about before his surgery, but I guess they wanted to have him successfully go through the surgery before they signed all the paperwork. As old as he is in the age of wide receivers, yes, yeah. Like well, and a, that's probably also why he only got a one-year deal. Right. He got a one-year deal because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, like, hugging the salary cap. So, yeah. like, that's truly the reason. If they were smart, they would have maybe offered him two at a lower amount, and then the cap space would have been a little more freed up. But Well, I mean, if the... $2 million signing bonus was always going to be in the contract. It's not like you could go down that much from $3.1 It's true. So, but this next one is something that I don't necessarily understand how this all works out, but maybe you can explain it to me. In a weird move, the NFL is suspending a retiring OT named Jared Veldheer for six games. He had yet to sign on with a new team in the offseason and had already decided to retire, but if he does end up signing on with a new team, he would be out until late October. Yeah, it's kind of a weird move. He probably did something that warranted it, I would imagine. apparently the suspension had something to do with a prescription that he is now taking or has taken in the past to deal with what he called abnormally low testosterone. So he's taking roids to an extent. I just know what the article said. Yeah. So that's what it sounds like. But since he's retiring, I guess I don't understand, but I guess that's in case he decides to like walk back his retirement or whatever. Well, and, and it's been happening a lot lately in the game. So like you have Gronkowski who announced that he was going to be retired and then he came back and won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. And mm-hmm. you have uh, Kyle Long who was an offensive tackle for the Bears. And, you know, he was like claimed a mental health and uh, injury that had been prone to just happening over and over for him, those two things, as a reason for him to retire. And then he was like, oh, I'm back two seasons later. So it's mm-hmm. just like, it, it's a lot of that type of stuff. So realistically, yeah, he could come back out of retirement, sign a contract, and 
it's more of a way to deter a team just being like, oh, this guy's really good because he was using roids, and now he's not punished, so let's put him on our roster. So yeah, yeah. They did the same thing with Antonio Brown, if you remember, like just two seasons ago when he was throwing all that crap about the helmet and whatnot and got traded from team to team. Like they, he literally had to sit out for multiple games so to whoever signed him. So Yeah. And then the last piece of NFL news that I have is that Deshaun Watson has said that he won't attend any Texans OTAs and that he still wants to be traded. I wrote, can he be traded to a prison? Not yet. There have not been formal charges brought against him. But well, there have been charges brought against him, but they're civil cases and not cases brought by the actual police. Right. So that's still being investigated. He's still being investigated by the team and by the league. So, like, there could be consequences for his actions in the future. I don't know the team's going to want to sign that right now. Apparently, though, there is interest, and, like, that's part of the article that I, like, highlighted because it says that (laughs) despite the allegations of blah, 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 many teams are still talking about possibly picking up Watson. I'm like, why? Why would you want that? PR doesn't want that. I can promise you that. Yeah, and that brings me back to the Ben Roethlisberger theory. It's just, like, it's very similar. The only difference is Roethlisberger is white and Deshaun Watson is of African-American descent. So I feel like there's a few more cases being brought against Deshaun Watson, and I think that might have something to do with why you just kind of let it go. But Rosselberger was still in, like, the half a dozen situations, so it's not like it's a small number well, either. that man also needed to be traded to a prison. Yeah. So, like... He, he didn't. He got a I contract same, extension that year. I have the same feelings about these guys, so... Yeah. Uh, this week, also, the Eagles announced that they are hiring Catherine uh, Reich as their new vice president of football operations. Previous to that position, she was actually the general manager for a Canadian football league team, uh, the Alouettes. Uh, That's funny. Yeah. Well, I figured you'd appreciate that one. So it makes her the highest ranking female executive in the NFL actively and in history. Kudos to her. Moving, moving on up. The big league experience in the NFL now. Also this week, Adam Vinatieri announced his retirement after being in the NFL for 24 seasons. He's probably been like the most dependable kicker, I don't know, in, in the last 24 years, I would say. Like, I, there's not many people I would put up there with him. And so it's like, you know, good, good on him. But it's time to retire after 24 years of kicking field goals. I'm so, sure his leg will appreciate that. I'm sure it will too, yeah. For Major League Baseball, I only have a couple of injuries, and I don't know if you have anything more than that. I only have a couple as well, so we'll see which ones you have. Yes. So, Corey Kluber will be out for about two months with a shoulder injury after an MRI revealed a strain of the muscle in his right shoulder. Mostly looks like this is just a rest kind of situation. Yep. Nico Horner? I don't have that one, so good luck. (laughs) This guy was placed on the 10-day IL with a left hamstring strain. Probably just more rest. And Nick Senzel is scheduled to undergo arthroscopic knee surgery on Friday to clean up meniscus tissue in his left knee and to assess any further damage. So right now he is scheduled to be out indefinitely. 
Is that all the injuries you had? Yep. Oh, I've got a few more, so let's tack them on. We have Noah Syndergaard. He'll be out six weeks due to elbow inflammation in his throwing arm. As a pitcher, that's kind of a problem. That also sounds very familiar. Marcel Ozuna uh, has broken his ring and middle finger and is expected to be out five to six weeks. What did he do? He was hit by a pitch. Oh, yikes. In his hand. Yeah. Yikes and not so yikes. So there have been some allegations about... uh, He's being brought up on charges for something. I can't remember exactly what, but that, that was announced like late, late last night. So, And he might have broken his hand doing the bad thing, or it's just like no, we no, don't no. care about oh. him because he's a bad person? Well, we don't care about him because he may have done a bad thing. But okay. the injury was not because of the bad thing. The injury was because he was hit by a pitch, as I just explained. So, yeah, still yikes Yeah, with the hand thing. Indians pitcher Zach Plesic was added to the 10-day IL due to fracturing his right thumb while taking off his shirt angrily in the locker room. Uh, So he was taking his shirt off in frustration by his team's performance and in the process got his fingers stuck in his locker and that's what fractured his finger. Yeah. While he was taking his shirt off angrily, he was just like, ah, and got his finger stuck in something. I want to quote Karen Kilgariff and say, toxic masculinity runs the party again. Yeah. But that's all the injuries I have, so. Also this week... Sohei Atani was scratched after one of the team shuttle buses got stuck in traffic uh, that was caused by an accident on his way to Oakland from San Francisco team hotel. In response, the bus pulled over and allowed the two players that were on the bus, because I'm not sure why he didn't travel with the rest of the team, to then take the BART, or the public transportation train, in San Francisco to the stadium. But because the BART was also delayed, oh no, he missed his start because he didn't have enough time to warm up for the game. I just couldn't fathom being like, or knowing you're the starter for the day and you're not on the first team bus to get to the, the stadium. <laughs> like, I, don't I just know. don't understand that. But either way, I like the creativity. Could you imagine if somebody just got on with their gear, like hopped on the train, and you're like, hey, that's Otani. Oh my god! Like, I don't recognize anybody. At any point in time ever. You would be like, that's a guy that does a sports thing. And I'd be like, good for him. Be like, you do great things in sports ball. Like you'd walk up to him. My husband says you do good things. (laughs) Also this week, MLB banned Mickey Calloway through the end of the 2022 season following an investigation into sexual harassment allegations. Basically, the MLB is banning him temporarily until they figure out every detail of it. And if there's obviously, like, charges brought forward in a criminal nature, that will also affect how long he's not going to be in the MLB. But they've done this in the past where they've given, like, a temporary ban and then come out and been, like, forever now. So they can change it at any time based on their investigation. So for the time being, he will be out from... February is when the Angels and the MLB first heard of the allegations, and they both were like, no, 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 no. You just stay away from us. So it's just the MLB announced the temporary ban for him through 2022. Also this week, the Padres beat the Mariners this past Sunday of last week, making them the first team to reach the 30-win mark for the season. The Padres are leading the MLB right now with their record, which is... Weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. so strange. I'm excited for San Diego, but at the same time, it's like, this isn't normal. What's going on? But then we have the fun subject of talking about the NBA. Well, it's another team that is currently in, or another team, another league 
currently in the playoffs. That's true. There has only been one team so far that's made it past round one. Everyone else is still duking it out. Uh, yes, that's correct. So the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Miami Heat with a four-game win streak. The Brooklyn Nets lead Boston in their series 2-1. to one. The Atlanta Hawks, is it Hawks? Yes. Are currently leading their series with New York Knicks 2-1. to one. The Philadelphia 76ers are currently leading their series with the Washington Wizards. Wiz- Wizards, yep. 3-0. to zero. Utah Jazz is currently beating the Memphis Grizzlies in their series 2-1. to one. Something that surprises me, the Dallas Mavericks are leading their series 2-1 to one against the LA Clippers. My Denver Nuggets are currently tied with the Portland Timbers 2-2 two to two in their series. The Portland Timbers, the soccer team? Uh, who am I thinking of? The Portland... Portland Timbers are a soccer team. That's where that comes from, but who is the team? They are the Portland Trailblazers. That's who it is. I was like, I love the crossover <laughs> of the MLS here. I know you like the MLS, but boy. Look, every sport, the cities have a different team name. How <laughs> yeah. am I supposed to remember all of that? It's all over the internet? I don't know. <laughs> the LA Lakers are currently leading the Phoenix Suns 2-1 to one in their series. Correct. So everyone still has a couple games left to go. Yeah, tomorrow the one that could clinch would be the 76ers. They just have been outplaying the Wizards the entire playoffs. I don't want them to go on. No, well, it's because they're from Philadelphia. I know nothing about them but where they're from. (laughs) But there are a couple injuries to report. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope is slated to undergo an MRI after a left quad contusion forced him to leave Game 3 in the third quarter. Russell Westbrook left Game 2 of the Sixers-Wizards series early in the fourth quarter with an apparent right ankle injury and did not return. He played in yesterday's game, so it's probably not that bad, I would imagine. Probably. Or he's one of those guys who thinks that the team can't go on without him and will play through his injury. The way the Wizards are playing, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like they couldn't go on with him or without him. At this rate, yes. Uh, Also this week, injury-wise, Nets forward Jeff Green will be out a minimum of 10 days due to a strained plantar fascia? Fasciitis. Well, it wasn't... I don't know that that was what the term they used, but the fascia was the area, I guess. Fasciitis is if it's inflamed. But he'll be not playing for 10 days for that reason. Okay. Bucks guard Dante DiVincenzo will miss the rest of the playoffs after tearing a ligament in his left ankle during Thursday's game. That's fun. Sounds painful. Yeah, it's not one that you really want to happen to yourself, usually speaking. We also had a lot of fans behaving badly. To say the least. And I don't know if it's because these people haven't left the house in a year and forgot how to behave, or if they were just always jerks. But the Utah Jazz have banned three fans from further attending events at Vivint Arena for a verbal incident that occurred during Game 2 of the first round series between the Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies on Wednesday night. The Jazz did not reveal specifics of the incident, but Grizzlies guard Ja Morant, who had family at that game, said the three people who were banned just went too far. Ja Morant's father, who was the one that the comments were directed at, did come out and state that they were racist and vulgar statements aimed at him and his family. Yes. 
So it's like I figured it was something like that. It's like oh, well, there's the classy Utah we all know and love. Like you and I have very different ideas of Utah. And the Sixers have come out and apologized to Russell Westbrook, and they have also banned the fan who threw popcorn at Westbrook during the game for an indefinite period of time. Yeah, banned from that, banned from any event ever to occur. So both sports, the Sixers and the Flyers games that are hosted there. So he's not going to be able to do much in the world of sports in Philadelphia except for football? Well, he was also a season ticket holder, and they've completely revoked his season ticket holding rights. Yeah. Whatever you want to call that. It's like, what in your brain made you think that was okay? Like, I just don't understand. Didn't he do that as he was, like, injured and leaving? Yeah, he was. It's like, what is wrong with you? The injury that you talked about earlier that he left the game early for, he was walking out, and that's when they dumped popcorn on him. It's just like, this person is in pain, and you're going to do that? Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. I would ask if they were raised in a barn, but that's rude to barn animals. And boy, does it get interesting for Trey Young in New York as well. It's been a weird treatment by New York Knicks fans of Trey Young. So he was spat on during game two by a fan. That fan has been banned from all events at Madison Square Garden. As he should be. Like, I find this especially offensive during the time of COVID because, like, I don't know where your spit has been. I don't know where your germs have been. And you're just going to fling it around at people. Yeah. And then it gets more interesting. The next game, in response, the Knicks fans were shouting, Trey Young is balding because he's got a bald patch on the back of his head and he's a younger player. And I'm like, is it really necessary? That's the heckle you decide to choose? Like, right. Like, that's such a personal attack. It's kind of crazy. Well, and, like, it's not something he can do anything about. Yeah. So, like, being almost 32 years old, I'd be like, yeah, and... Yeah. What else you got? Yeah. But, like, probably as a younger person, I would have been, like, so embarrassed for him. Yeah. So I think that perspective change might have something to do with thinking this is incredibly stupid, or it's just incredibly stupid. It's it's incredibly stupid. But because of all of these things happening in the past week, the NBA has released a statement about fan conduct at games. The statement says... The return of more NBA fans to our arenas has brought great excitement and energy to the start of the playoffs. But it is critical that we all show respect for players, officials, and our fellow fans. An enhanced fan code of conduct will be vigorously enforced in order to ensure a safe and respectful environment for all involved. Which is like when your parent goes, you do that again, you're grounded. Yeah. I don't know what to think of it because it's like, I don't know where all this comes from. And it's from all across the league. Utah, Madison Square Garden. Like, it's not like something's in the water. Right. It's like there's something in the league. Yeah. I, th- I think it has a lot to do with just people not being at events for a long time. I think that has a lot to do with it because, like, even during the regular season, a lot of the NBA teams were like, 20% or 15% capacity and we're finally starting to see like the Knicks game was 100% capacity. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're letting all the riffraff in, not just one or two of the riffraff. Well, and, I think then you start getting into classist issues. I don't know that we want to go there really. But I do agree that there's something about people finally getting to do things that they used to do and not 
being as socially aware as they used to be about their behavior at events. I wasn't going towards the class thing. I mean, like, it was more along the lines of the more people you let in, the more bad people will be in there causing problems, you know. And, like, we, through the NBA season, it wasn't the first experience of fans going above and beyond. If you remember the woman that was getting in LeBron's face when her husband initiated the heckling. It's like, you can't be the good guy if you're the one initiating the heckling. Right. Like, even if big Le- bad LeBron comes over and starts talking trash back, like, he wasn't getting into a fight with him. He was just responding to the same trash talk. Like, yeah. And that's... I, I agree. I think people have just kind of forgotten what it's like to be at a sporting event and where the level of, like, class as a fan has gone. Yeah. I can't really say much coming from the world of hockey where we literally heckle goalies if they let in a goal, but, like, I hate that. I think that's... Yeah again, classless, and I get it, it's a part of the sport and going to games, but it's just like... There is a line that should not be crossed no matter how you feel about the sport or the game that you're currently watching. And I feel like a lot of people are crossing that line. Yeah. But there was a fine in the NBA this past week that I feel like a lot of people don't approve of. I can understand where it's coming from, based on the rules as they currently stand. But it's that the NBA has fined Dallas Mavericks forward Kristaps Porzingis. Nailed it. I'm so proud of you right now. Thank you. $50,000 for violating the rule prohibiting players from going into any bar or similar establishment, regardless of the player's vaccination status. So to clarify, he is fully vaccinated. He was in a VIP section with only people that were fully vaccinated. The only argument that I would say would be the bar doesn't require you to be fully vaccinated or the club didn't require you to be fully vaccinated to be there. But to be in his VIP section that he was in with his friends and family, it was a requirement. Well, first of all, how are they going to prove that they're vaccinated without violating any HIPAA? I don't feel like you can, as a club, request their vaccination record. But also, the rule specifically states any bar or similar establishment, regardless of your own vaccination status. So, like, it's on him to not go to these places until that rule is removed. Yeah. And so, like, I understand that, like, he was in a vaccinated section, a quote-unquote vaccinated section. With people that he knew, and it wasn't like it was just random people walking in or anything like that, so. But it is also an indoor establishment. Which means you had to walk past people you don't know if they are vaccinated or not. Right, and so, like, I completely understand him getting this fine. I think $50,000 is a lot, but we are also in a pandemic. Right. So, like, you need to be aware that your actions have consequences, and here's your proof. Here's a fine. I don't know. I agree with this fine. I've seen some people come out and say that it's stupid or whatever, but... I'm one of those people, but I can grasp it. It's just, the rule is the rule, and you know what the rules are. Right. And so if you choose to violate that rule, you have consequences for that. And so, like, I don't have to agree with the rule to agree with the fine. Right, right. I, I completely agree in that instance. It is truly the rule, so no matter what, like, you deserve the fine. Yeah. Whether you are being, you're taking precautions or not, it's still the rule. Uh, also this week we had the Utah Jazz guard Jordan Clarkson uh, winning an award for the NBA regular season six man of the year award, which is literally just an award for 
best player off the bench, basically. Like, the MVP that wasn't on the starting roster for okay. a majority of the games. I was like, that's too many men. That should be a penalty, not an award. Yes, yeah. So uh, that's kind of a cool award to win. Like, you're the best guy off the bench in the NBA. You're the best non-starter? Yeah, that's yes. still pretty pretty amazing, so... But I know you don't have any MLS news this week because you complained to me about not having any, so... I mean, it was just a lot of this team beat this team, and this is how they're doing, and it's just... That's not news unless you specifically follow MLS a lot, which I feel like no one does. Yeah. But there was soccer news. It's kind of a weird time right now for soccer because we're in between regular season, like, club-style soccer and the Euro Championship. So that will be starting in about a week and a half, roughly, from now. I'm very excited about it, but we're not going to talk more than just this snippet right here. So we did have the finale yesterday for the Champions League. It was between two English teams for the first time in a pretty long time. Between Chelsea and Manchester City. Chelsea defeated Manchester City 1-0 to win the Champions League title this season. This is the second time in franchise history the club has won the Champions League, which I thought was kind of shocking because Chelsea's kind of always been a relevant team. I've never really been like, man, Chelsea's at the bottom of the table or Chelsea gets eliminated early in the Champions League. I always feel like they're kind of in the conversation. Well, they're pretty consistent. They're usually not the top of the table. But they're in, like, the top four or five, usually. Yeah. Yeah. Though, I mean, there was that past season, I don't know how long ago, that they were at the top of the table for a lot of the season. Yeah, and then fell off at the very end. Uh, The lone goal came from German national Kai Havertz in the 42nd minute. And honestly, I wish you had seen it. It was a beautiful pass. It literally, like, he literally called for it. He was like, give it to me, give it to me. I'm literally running at the pace with the defenseman. And literally, as soon as that pass got kicked, there was just night and day. Kai Havertz has so much acceleration capability. Like, he's just running, running, like, kind of jogging pace, jogging pace. And then all of a sudden, he was, like, 10 feet beyond every defenseman. All he had to do was chip it over the goalie and successfully did so and just put it in the back of the net. So it was, like, a striker's dream where you're one-on-one with the goalie because you just have that kind of pace. And it's, you know, not something you screw up unless the goalie makes an amazing save. The goalie came way out to try to challenge it. The problem with that was he got outside of the goalie box to make the challenge, so he couldn't use his hands. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, that was your mistake. You should have just waited for, like, two more seconds, and you could have made a play on him in the box, which would have been so much better for you. Yeah. But, yeah, cost their team the game and the championship. You know, I'm not, I'm sure Manchester City's not sad they won the Premier League this year, but still, it's just like... I mean, you do get more monies if you win Champions League, right? Correct. So it's... A very large chunk of monies. That's a reason enough to be sad about not winning. Yeah. But... That's pretty much all the soccer news there is until the Euros start. When do the Euros start? I think on like the 15th or the 14th of okay. June. So soon. What's great about... The first week, we have some games that are going to be just phenomenal. I think the biggest one that I'm looking forward to the first week is going to be between Germany and France. Okay. They somehow got paired into a group together for like the first time in 15 years. So it's going to be super scary to watch that series go down. But other than that, I think... I, that, oh, go ahead. I have a weird question. Yeah. So how far away are we from another World Cup? Because one happened in 2018, because that was when we moved here and we saw 
the Germany game at a German bar. It's next year. Okay. The Euros normally took Every place last year. Every two years apart. So you normally have the World Cup. Two years later, you have the Euro Championships. Two years and later, the, the World Cup. Okay. Yeah. They're usually four years apart like the Olympics, kind of. I felt like it had been a long time, and we should be coming up to it, but then the Euros are happening. So I think that's how I got confused. Yeah, World Cup qualifiers are still going on, but they'll be later. It'll be like August, September, roughly. So it's pushed back from its normal? Well, the, the Euros. The qualifier was my question. Uh, uh, For the World Cup qualifiers? Yeah. yeah Were those pushed back? A, like a month, but not too far. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they're hosting the Euros this year. It it did delay some things, but not enough to throw off the timing for the World Cup next year, so everything should still be fine. We need to go to that little German bar again. And watch soccer? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll go for the France-Germany game. I'll request the day off, and we'll go watch it. That sounds nice. Yeah. They had really great food. And really nice people, and that was a very packed place, so maybe we shouldn't go there that soon. But I think that pretty much wraps up the sports episode for the day. It's kind of a shorter one because the playoffs are happening and that's a thing. That's usually what happens after you get through the first round. Things start to... Slow down a little bit. Well, less is happening, but I feel like it's happening faster for the NHL. So, like, you get through each of the rounds slightly faster normally. And then there's less things to talk about. Except the Northern Division are being a problem. What else is new? We tried to let four of them in, uh, well, for that matter, and they just don't want to get things done fast enough. It's all the Canucks' fault. Remember that in the years to come, it's the Canucks' fault. Yeah, but I guess we will catch you later on in the week for the book episode. And until then, make sure you're keeping in contact with us on all of our social media, which will be linked in the show notes. We'll catch you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.